don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. And there's a heap of stuff streaming at the moment, and we all actually have a chance to start watching things again on television and on the likes of Netflix. We're going to be looking at Westworld, Tiger King, Afterlife, Normal People. But we have a few interesting topics to talk about first. Joined, as always, by Lisa Tracy. Hello, Lisa. Good evening, Gary. And hello, Dave Coyne. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, everybody. And we are streaming live on the internet, so the sound might be a little bit different from previous series. However, the content is going to be just as amazing. (laughs) Okay, first up, uh, Dave and Lisa, you may be familiar with AMC, who are the largest cinema chain in the US, and they have recently announced that they are refusing, they are basically boycotting Universal, because uh, Universal have said that they plan on releasing films now simultaneously via cinemas and streaming after the coronavirus pandemic restrictions are lifted. Thoughts? Well, I think that... I think that the cinema chains are well within their rights because obviously this affects their business model hugely. I mean, they have literally have overheads. They're putting uh, bums in seats and putting seats in cinemas and uh, paying the bills. So if the studios decide to launch any new releases simultaneously uh, on video on demand, it's going to hugely affect their bottom line. So if I was a cinema owner, I would certainly be unhappy about this. But at the same time, you can't really um, fight the future, you know? It's like, you know, the oil barons are going to be out of business probably in our lifetime. Not out of business, but hugely depreciate their value of their business, as are cinemas, sadly. Um, because more and more people now can buy these 500 million inch TVs for 500 quid and gets, you know, 4K video. We all have, you know, many, many people are going to have better broadband so they can stream 4K and 8K films very quickly. And uh, the cost of having your own cinema in your own house with high quality video content is uh, coming down. So a lot of people are going to move to this new model and it will affect cinemas. The boycott because Universal is saying we're going to release. There used to be a 90 day period. Universal Mm. are saying now that we're just going to release the movie the same day. if People want to watch it at home. I mean, it's not exactly fair in cinemas at all. It's not. These were no, the ones it's not. that kept Universal going for years. Yeah, it's it's it's. Abs- I agree that it's not fair on the cinemas, and I think the cinemas are well within their rights, as I said. But but the reality is, the Trolls movie was the kind of guinea pig for this experiment during coronavirus. I think the Trolls movie made roughly, and I'm just off the top of my head here. I think it made like a hundred million dollars online, wow. and wow. the previous Troll movies didn't make that much money to this for the studios. The studios got about seventy million. But they, the the films, the previous films grossed like 150 million. So they cut out the middleman, i.e. the cinemas with the bricks and mortar, mm. and they delivered to the consumer and they actually made more money for themselves. So, you know, when we buy petrol at the petrol pumps, the government has taken 80% of our money. So if the oil people came to us and said, here, you can buy a liter of diesel or petrol for your car for a fraction of the price, we're going to say, sure, give it to me. But obviously, you know, that's a different situation. That's legal government stuff, etc. But my point is, if you cut out the middleman and you can make more money on your product, then that makes business sense. But also it's a cheaper entertainment platform for everybody. Like if like the cinema prices 
I know they have been going up and up and up for the last 20 years. Like they're like, it's crazy. When I started going to college in Dublin, I paid like something like 75 cents one day for a ticket for the cinema. I know that sounds crazy, but it was a student deal and it was like really, really cheap. But then you go now and it's like at least 11 quid, even a non-peak time, you know, for different places. And then you add in all the extras that go with going to the cinema. So when people want a cheaper night out, they will actually find it. The other thing really to hit cinemas this, this week is that films now that just stream online through the likes of Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Netflix will now be eligible for the Oscars. Cinema is probably going through the biggest revolution since... Technicolor. Uh, <laughs> or even since sound, yeah. you know. If you own a cinema at the moment, you'd want to be fairly worried and shaken in your seat not because you're watching a horror movie but because the entire industry could be on the verge of collapse yeah i don't think it's collapse i think there's a shrinkage here it's like it's like in the 70s when the oil crisis came along everybody's thinking oh we're not gonna have cars anymore because there's no oil and there's no petrol and blah blah blah. agreements will come into place people will realize that there are you know there are people at the other end of this there are cinema workers people who work and manage cinemas and curate program cinemas experience there's food providers, there's security, there's, you know, there's jobs there. And um, that's part of the industry and part of the experience. So they're not just going to cut that away, I don't think. I mean, it'll change, but I don't think it will go away. But as you said, I wouldn't be investing my money in a cinema just at this minute. Interestingly enough, before the coronavirus even arrived in Ireland and there was talk of it, this side of the water, a cinema not too far away from us actually made the role of general manager redundant. Wow. So there's actually Irish cinemas now, or certainly an Irish cinema, that actually made the role of a general manager in the cinema redundant, saying that there is no necessity for that role anymore. But sure, even projectionists, they don't have projectionists anymore. They just have somebody there to press play, or even, you know, remotely from their couch, press a button on an app and the film screens. And if the sound goes down or some problem, now obviously, you know, your DCP package nowadays is pretty robust compared to an old piece of film, but like there's no, there's very little oversight in cinemas anymore in terms of technical. It's more about, you know, the ice cream and the popcorn and the the drinks and, you know, the chairs and the sound and the picture than it is about, you know, the quality of projectionists and people. Dave, we'll keep you going for a second because the, you were talking about a TV show and a new season uh, back out on traditional TV you were raving about it. You asked our listeners to maybe have a think and see if they knew what it was. And it was, of course, Westworld. I mean, what's so good about Westworld? Oh, my goodness. I mean, for me, I'm a bit of a nerd, as many people would know, uh, as you two know very well. Mm-hmm. Westworld, the movie, was uh, written by Michael Crichton and directed by Michael Crichton, 1973, before I was born. And it starred Yule Brenner, Richard Benjamin and James Brolin. And James Brolin is the father of Josh Brolin. A uh, little bit of trivia. James Brolin is married to anybody? Uh, Barbara Streisand. Good, good girl, Lisa. Yeah, good points to you. Thank you. The movie is, it's actually quite a good movie. It's a traditional Western, for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a tradi- traditional Western kind of setup. And uh, basically the the bad guys and the prostitutes and the bartenders and all the people in the town are robots. And then visitors come and pay money to walk around this place and pretend to be cowboys from the old west and obviously this movie is set in the future Mm -hmm. so they're you know the robots are futuristic they look like humans and yule brenner is a robot and what people don't realize is this movie was the genesis for both the terminator and jurassic park 
So anybody, I, I'll fight anybody on that assertion because this movie was the genesis for those two huge franchises. So basically, Yul Brenner is a robot. He goes a bit doolally and the robots start rebelling and their safety feature where they can't hurt guests goes away and they start killing people. And uh, Yul Brenner actually gets his face blown off and he's got this metal face and he's dun-dun-dun-dun and it's very Terminator, right? <laughs> this is back in 1973. So Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. Jonathan Nolan is the brother of Christopher Nolan. And Lisa Joy is his wife, and they're the creators of Westworld, the TV show, which is based on the old movie. Same principle, futuristic theme park West called Westworld, where there's all westerns and cowboys, and you go in and you can pretend and shoot the bad guys and drink whiskey and go, yeehaw, and it's all this fun. But this is a much more serious uh, situation. It's existentialism. Why do robots have consciousness? What's real? What's not real? Psychological drama. It, the cast is amazing in Westworld. Like the creator of Westworld in the, you know, the creator of this theme park in the future was um, Anthony Hopkins. He plays his character uh, called Ford. And then there's people who, no spoilers here, but you know, there's certain humans mm -hmm. and you're like, are they humans? And then they turn out to be robots. And it's like, oh my God. And the, the, the cast is amazing. And as I said before, in my opinion, the first season of Westworld is the best season of television I've ever seen in my life. Now, it's rich, it's complex. Lisa, have you seen it? I've seen the first episode. I only had time to watch one, but I loved it. I thought it was uh, really excellent, fabulously shot. All the actors are on point. Everybody, like, it's it's got so much to it. There's so many layers, and you just want to get more after uh, seeing one episode. I swear to God, when the finale and the finale of season one is a finale, believe me, it's like, wow. <laughs> then season two came along and it was, you know, similar, a lot of psychological stuff. Ed Harris is brilliant in this. He plays this tortured soul. There's lots of time, not time travel, but, you know, flashback stuff and we're in the future, we're in the past. And of course, everything is in the future from us, from our point of view. And season three has just launched a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of season three and now you've got... Aaron Paul is in Aaron Paul, Vincent Cassell just shows you the caliber of people who are reading the script and going, yeah, I want in here. <laughs> it is phenomenal. It's the, it's the one thing on the radar at the moment that I look forward to most watching. And is there a bit of a twist on season three compared to the other seasons? Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, obviously the first season and the second season are in Westworld. They 99.9% .9 of the events take place in this theme park. Season three now, not to give away any spoilers here, but season three takes place in the real world, quote unquote, of the future. Mm. So you've got these uh, autonomous cars, you've got autonomous drones that, you know, the rich people fly in these autonomous drones. There's machine learning that controls the whole planet. So at the beginning of the episodes in episode three, you've got this white globe with this kind of weird glowing black perimeter. And it says, you know, anomaly detected, you know, in this place. And this is like the computer that is running planet earth oh and has projected all of our, all of our futures. And it's amazing. It's amazing. And the production design is exquisite. It's, it's phenomenal. I, it's literally the best thing on television at the moment for me. Well, I have to disagree with you, Dave, because, uh -oh. okay, fair enough. Maybe the best thing on television, but Lisa came across a show this morning that I was talking about recently. And Lisa might actually argue that she has now found the best show on Netflix. Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> 
Go for it, Lisa. I think, Gary, if you'll recap what I actually said off off camera, whatever, uh, was that I was going to kill your wife. And that was basically because you've made me watch Too Hot to Handle. Now, I've only managed to watch one and a bit episodes, but I want to actually, like, you know, I, I want to actually poke something in my eye and, you know, I just, just, I can't watch it again. It's terrible. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. It, it's climbing... It's climbing to number one at the moment because if you go to IMDb mm-hmm. and you look at the ratings, yeah. it's dropping every day. So it's getting closer to one in the ratings. Good God. The stars out of 10. I don't know anything about this, Lisa. Tell okay. me about it. What Basically, is it? Basically, the premise is you've got all these ridiculously good looking, quite fake people. Did you say ridiculously good looking? Absolutely. Ridiculously good looking. There is literally a guy in it who is just like Hansel, if you remember Hansel from, <laughs> from Zoolander. Because yeah. he's he's got the long hair and he's he's kind of grungy and he's kind of cool and he's he's very Jesus and pals looking. And uh mm. yeah, so he's I thought he was interesting. He came on and he had like a hat on and it's blazing sun, as in like not a sun hat, a woolly hat. And I was like, okay, he's <laughs> just he's gonna be cool and then it turns around and he's not cool he's just he's just a dude who just happens to have oh a hat on god it's just so bad there's a girl from cork supposedly with the worst accent that it's just up there with seriously like inertia it's terrible like there's no way she's from cork she has to be a dub i don't know but anyway then you have like oh my god there was the oh i, I can't actually say the lines from the end of the the first episode because i might get in trouble maybe i'll just say it Okay, the two gentlemen of color that are in the actual show, they one is English, one is from America, and uh, the guy goes, they're they're about to find out what the premise of the actual show is. You know, they they know they're there to be like single people, you know, on a paradise island, and you know, you know, meeting and mingling and all that crack. But then they actually are sat down by this computer that tells them, you know, it's like an Alexa kind of thing, and it tells them what actually mm-hmm. is going to happen. And then the, just before your one starts talking, the guys go, oh, this is the part in the movie where the black guys run and it was actually priceless it was the i did laugh like it was funny but i had to wait half an hour for that laugh because the rest of it is so vapid and so full of crap sorry no offense to anyone that's offended by the word crap but it's well, so bad uh, what, like so what's the premise that okay, all these hot oh, sorry, people go to this island and just it's- this is it with a twist okay so this is the basic um you know, tagline of it or whatever. On the shores of paradise, gorgeous singles meet and mingle, but there is a twist. To win a $100,000 grand prize, they'll have to give up sex. And it's very hard for these people because they're very oily. They're very tanned. They're very beautiful. Obviously, it's going to be a challenge. And you have already in the second episode that I managed to get five minutes of, um, you have, there's a guy from Australia. I think his name is like Harry. Okay. And he is just, he's a child. He's just a child in, in, in a man's body. He's ridiculous. And he is hooking up with this girl, Francesca from Canada, who is just a basic Kardashian clone. And she sounds exactly like Sandra Bullock. Just close your eyes oh, and listen to her. She sounds like Sandra Bullock. I didn't, I didn't pick that up, but okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. Even though Sandra wasn't born in Canada. No, she was and she's somewhere midwest i think so anyway uh francesca and harry are kind of like on the verge of hooking up or whatever and then harry kisses her and then she's like oh but like 
oh no, what about the money? Because if you actually kiss somebody or make moves with somebody or do anything sexual whatsoever, you start to lose money from the grand prize of $100,000. He says, why don't we just go do it? We've messed it up anyway. We might as well just do it, okay? And then she was all like, no. And then he goes and tells the bros in the house that she kissed him. And then it all goes Pete Tong. It's very exciting. The first 10 minutes of the second episode. <laughs> I have to say... Now I want to watch it. I know I know I'm going to hate it. You are. But I want to watch it. I want to laugh. I want to like, it's like, car, it sounds like car crash TV on steroids. And as they're car, as you're watching the car crash, more cars fall on top of it. Exactly. And then you have these people, which I just got a clip of before I, before I come up here. And it was like, they're called grenades. And they're coming in. Now, normally in a social situation, a grenade is somebody that like deflates the, the social momentum that's going. But these people are actually going in there to blow stuff up and mix it all up. And it's all very exciting. And I can't wait to watch another five seconds of it. Dave, have you ever heard Lisa talk so passionately? It's because I'm so angry with your wife for making never. I mean, I don't know if we're going to do if we're doing stars for (laughs) these things, but I really want to know what her her stars out of five for this thing is. Well, I'll go with the uh, the IMDb one with the moment, which is at four point five out of ten, and I thought that was very generous. I just want to say, I don't think anything could stop me from watching an episode of this now. Okay. I have to watch it now. I, it's like when you hear a movie or a TV show so bad, you have to go and you have to experience it for yourself. <laughs> like it's ridiculous how good looking they are. Although uh, I'm not, there's a couple of the girls and I'm like, nah, you know, take off the makeup, take off the tan, lose the boobs, lose the lips. Yeah, Maybe as the man okay. says, as a very, very wise friend of mine once said, look, as you go out nowadays and the women have so much makeup on, you go to bed with Liz Hurley and you wake up with Red Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a certain vintage will get that joke, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. One of the other big shows on Netflix that uh, people have been talking about recently is Tiger oh. King. Kind of the, the, one of the main protagonists in it has become quite popular lately. And Trump well. is also a supporter. Apparently he's asked for him to be pardoned. So this is Joe Exotic, yes. essentially. I know it's, it's, it's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is getting good reviews. It's not personally the sort of kind of shows that I'm madly excited about, but... You're the reviewers. What do you think? I hated it. I could only watch barely one episode. It was just so terrible. Like, they're, they've no teeth, and I can't watch things with people with no teeth. Yeah, but, Lisa, here's the thing. What? This is not... Manuf- Obviously, all TV is manufactured mm-hmm. to a point, but this is a documentary. Oh. This is like a documentary crew go there, they ask a couple of probing questions, but they don't and then they know. just let... let, let like, uh, pun intended, but they let the tigers off the leash. I mean, it's literally like, what's going on here? And they're not, like, none of these people are obviously. I'm not gonna, you know, they're actors, but they're not, you know, professional actors. There's no script. No. They're not. There's no prize. There's not a TV show. It's not like a quiz show or a game show. Mm. This is just lunacy. It's just a, and the fact that it's, you know, this drama just appeared out of nowhere. It's not contrived in terms of like director or producer. Mm. That's why it's, I've, I've only seen one episode and I've just been a very busy uh, couple of weeks at work, so I haven't had a chance to watch more. But I remember watching the first episode and yet, like you, I was a bit appalled by the, Lack of teeth. you know, the crackheads <laughs> with no teeth and, you know, p- people with legs missing and people with guns and shooting and, you know, tigers and the craziness and the silliness of it all. But then I realized, like, I've been to the States and I've seen kind of this, you know, this kind of extreme people who have this extreme lifestyles. and um. 
I found it again. Car Crash TV. That's why people are watching it. What about Afterlife with Ricky Gervais? That's uh, he's back with another season. The Tears of a Clown are really coming to the show in this one. I thought series one was very good. I was I thought it was really excellently well done. And then series two, you know, it just gets sadder, and he's even going more deep, and it's just. He's very good. Like he's an excellent writer, I have to say, and a very good director. And I just, it's a simple kind of a show, but it's just, as as he always kind of does. He does simple well. Love him or hate him, I personally love mm. him. His talent is undeniable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at his history between, obviously, The Office made him in terms of his star mm-hmm. uh, rising, and obviously financially. Then The Office, you know, The Office has been done in so many countries, different versions. Um, people don't even realize it. Like there's a French version, and there's loads of different versions, not just the American version. But then, I don't know. Does anybody remember that other show that he did, um, Extras? Oh yeah, which Extras was actually quite brilliant. good. That was it. actually quite good. good. And then this is this is a very serious drama that makes you laugh your ass off. I mean, I was laughing my ass off watching episodes of this. Literally, like hilarious. Even though it's not like boom boom, yeah. it's just real humor that's real because of the situation. He is a masterful actor. He's been he's been in a few stinkers like The Invention of Lying, and you know. But I actually enjoy those movies. I, I, he's he's just a, he's a very very talented comedian, and I think he can do do no wrong if you ask yeah. me. Yeah, he's he's on an up streak, definitely for sure. It's great to find something funny to watch because the next show, which is on RT and BBC Three and Hulu in the states, is uh, Normal People, and after watching. The first episode of it, my wife turned to me and she just said, "Eh, I wish it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) So we've gotten to see the first two episodes so far in Ireland. I don't know, did you? Yes. Because Lenny Abrahamson is behind it. Great guy, great director. I thought the two episodes were very very different different from one another. Joe Joe Duffy Uh, and 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 blew up. Twitter blew up. (laughs) Yeah. Blew up because it turned into more of a blue movie. <laughs> it wasn't even that blue. It was like, there's a bit of boob. Who cares? God, it was after the watershed yeah, people. I think it's, it's the teenage, you know, element of it. That's I don't the, know. You know. I think if it, if was, it was just 20 year old. She's, uh, I think the actress, I think, what's her name? Daisy Edgar or something mm-hmm. or other. She's like 22 or three. But I think that's why it blew up. Because the connotations of, should these are just children? Won't somebody take the children? <laughs> You know, that doesn't go on in Schlegel. Ah, oh, be Jesus, no. <laughs> no, but seriously, I have to say I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. It's very cinematic in many elements, and then it's very, very TV in other elements. Like, for example, the depth of field is about two millimeters in most shots. Like, yeah. most people, if they turn their head, one of their eyes goes out of focus. <laughs> You know, and that's a real cinematic thing. But I think he overuses it. Obviously, it's an intimacy thing. It's a drama, intimacy, the knife edge of emotion, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. And it's a very good trope for a a director to use and for a DOP to use. And it's good, but I kind of got sick of that after a while. I want like it's like enough like already. Stared, you can't use if she that. Stared one more time. I was going to throw something at the telly. Seventy-five percent of episode one was just a shot yeah. of her head, a close-up of yeah, her head. Yeah, and it's very moody. And I, I personally think it's 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 a good piece, but it's he he overdoes it. I mean, you know, it's like you throw a bit of parsley on on a meal, and suddenly you're a chef. But if it's just parsley and it's covered in parsley, then it's like a parsley salad. It's not. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was before the parsley got involved. So if you over egg the pudding, it's like enough already. The script is really good. 
the performances are yeah, amazing. I think your man, both of the leads, I think they're definitely they're stars in the ascent. You know, they're they're going places for mm. sure. Oh yeah, but I mean, I think she, Daisy Edgar Jones, I think she is going to be uh, mega because a she's got an a, a, an interesting look about her. You know, she's not a classically American Barbie style, what you call it, too hot mm-hmm. to handle type. But she's a very beautiful lady, a beautiful, elegant kind of every woman, yeah. you know, even though she's playing a teenager here. Uh, she's 22 or 3 or whatever. If Anne Hathaway and Emily Blunt got together and That's had a exactly child. That's exactly who it would, it be, would be. Oh, dead white guy. She's a good actor and I think Brilliant. she's she's going to go far, I think. And I didn't realize Sarah Green is playing yeah, Connell's I, mother. That was a little yeah. problem I had was the casting of the parents was a bit ridiculous because you can clearly tell mm. these the people who are cast as the parents are in their very early 30s, maybe even mid 30s. And the teenagers are like 17, 18. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, Sarah Green is, again, another very beautiful lady. And, you know, it's a bit of a stretch to have her as the parent. 17 of year old. Sexually awakened <laughs> 17 year old. Yeah. I thought the first episode was good. We kind of got an idea of the characters. The plot mm. was being laid out. And I thought, really, nothing happened whatsoever in episode two. But and they did it. Ooh. I'm afraid to watch. <laughs> but I'm afraid to watch episode three if it's just going to be drawn. Did anybody out read this the book? Too. No. So we don't no. know what's going to happen. That's what movies That's and TV true. shows are for, Lisa. Yeah. But there's nobody that has, like, you know, the future, what's going to happen. If God had wanted us to read, he wouldn't have made us movies, <laughs> That's you know? True. No, but seriously, um, I, I don't know if, if this thing has legs, but the title of Normal People, like there's a lot to relate to uh, for, for most people, it, you know, whether you're one of the cool kids or one of the messed up kids or one of the bullies or one of the jocks or whatever you are, you know, there's a lot to relate to in this thing. And um, I don't know, I, I think it's interesting that Lenny Abrahamson has chosen to do this and not, you know, make another feature film. Uh, certainly something coming to Netflix that might be of interest to people is Ryan Murphy's for that. That looks new amazing. show called Hollywood. Hollywood. What's it called? Yeah, it looks Hollywood. class. Okay. Brilliant cast as well. Is that Hollywood in California or Hollywood, Hollywood in California. Northern Ireland? Yeah. By the guy Just that brought us, the, uh, I want to say, yeah, American yeah, it, Horror it, it, Story. Isn't that the guy? Yeah, and Glee. No. Oh, uh, let's not go Gleeing, no. No, let's not. Let's don't. I mean, Lots of Lisa, you give off about <laughs> my wife... Uh, mm-hmm. having you watch Too Hot to Handle. One Christmas, when my wife found out oh, I didn't no. actually get her tickets for Glee in Dublin, I ended up having to get tickets for oh, Glee in Manchester God. and fly over there. Stop. My first time in Manchester was to see oh, the actors Lord. from Glee. That, it worries me. Ah, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> but, like, look at Glee. At the time of Glee, it was huge. And now where is it? What? Nobody from Glee no. has ever gotten another job. And I'm not talking about another job in the movies. I'm talking about ever. Not, they're all unemployed. They're all, you I know, it's ridiculous. Dave, Dave, you will love this as well. Well, I presume you're going to love it. Jerry Seinfeld's new hour-long special, Jerry Seinfeld, 23 Hours to Kill, is going to be on Netflix next week. Yeah, I've seen the yeah. poster. looks good. And then there's a few classics as well coming to Netflix and the only reason I mentioned Netflix is they're actually good enough to send us on the press release. But do you remember American I Tale? I hate that movie. Oh, yeah. Go on. Oh, yeah. yeah. What five goes west? Oh, I love it. Oh stop! I hated that animation. Yeah, yeah. No. it's a classic. Oh, it was so brown. It's a classic. And oh no, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's about a brown mouse, Lisa. Maybe we should or just maybe. get you colorblind tested. I think. Do you know what, Lisa Tracy? Oh, no, I'm not do, even going do. to mention the other movies coming on Netflix now this week because you're just, you're just going to ruin my childhood. I'll protect Gary, your childhood, you? Gary. Go ahead. We have the same childhood. Come on. 
Blues Brothers. Oh, that was the second oh one brilliant. Said. Both brilliant. Both awesome. Oh, I, I never actually watched it. Sorry. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I don't Bowie. like that crap. What? Ah, get out. Somebody open, open the door of this podcast and get her out if she hasn't seen Labyrinth. Get her out. You have to, if you, you haven't seen Labyrinth when you come back next week. never ending oh, story and I hated that crap too. I'm sorry. Oh my. Security. Mm-hmm. There you go. That is it for um, episode two of this series of Just Like in the Movies. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Don't forget, you can check out our new website, jlitmovies.ie. We have uh, regular news bites as well that go up on that website if you want to know what is going on in the film and TV industry. Thanks as always to Lisa Tracy. Thank you, Dave Coyne. Pleasure as always. (laughs) And uh, we'll talk to you again next week for another episode. Take care, stay safe and stay sane.